if you're listening to this right now, it's because you're a fan of best hour of their day and probably me, but not so much Fern. That tends to be the norm. But if you are listening, we just want to ask you for one favor. Please support us on Patreon. Patreon is where we put some bonus episodes up. It's really the only thing we ask for. We've been doing this podcast for two years now, and we do it because we have a love for fitness. We have a love for helping others, a passion for developing other people and helping them become the best possible coach that they can be. And and we do it because we love it. We don't ask for anything, but we are asking that you support us on Patreon. It's $6 for the price of your fancy frappuccino with hazelnut syrup or whatever it is you get over at Starbucks. You can support the show. And as we get more and more supporters on Patreon, by the way, it's patreon.com forward slash best hour of their day. We're going to be adding even more. Right now, it's a free bonus episode where we answer all of your questions, but we plan on putting so much more out there, exclusive and early content, access to things that you know everybody else doesn't get. So once again, we don't ask for much. So if you love the show, if we're helping you, chances are if you listen to this show and you're a coach or a box owner, we've helped you make way more than $6. And not only that, we've helped just make your life better, whether we entertain you or whether you've implemented many of the awesome things we talk about here on the show, check it out. If you don't, you know what? You can keep listening to the show. You can keep tuning in on a regular basis. Yeah, we put three episodes out every week. You don't have to support us on Patreon. We still want you to listen, but if you can, we appreciate it. We are here because we are dedicated to helping the entire CrossFit community. Determined to elevate coaches, box owners, athletes, and everything in between, we believe that this mission will begin right here, right now. While this time and this goal begins with you, our hope is that you take this fire ignited within you and weave it into your own life with the same unrelenting passion to give those you have the privilege of coming in contact with the best hour of their day. We save the best guest for the middle for our evening, our evening with series, depending on where you are on your, how you're looking. You might want to put on gallery view so you can see everyone, but B-H-O-T-D is best hour of their day, AKA Jason Ackerman, our esteemed guest for the evening. So for those who were here last week, you know, you, you kind of got the drill for those who, uh, this is their first time, welcome. Um, we're, we'll just, I'll kick it off and I'll get the conversation rolling. Don't go to, don't let this go to your head, Jay, but he is a very interesting fella. There's lots that we can talk about in everything CrossFit, nutrition, CrossFit games, coaching. Living. Wait, be clear, be clear about that. CrossFit games judge. <laughs> uh living new york to florida to colorado and everything in between so um so jay thanks so much for being here thank you for having me and then folks if you guys again have any questions you can either put raise hand you can pop them in the chat come off mute you know it's a one of this open and, and interactive so so uh jay you 
we we could use the term OG for you. Um, you're currently in in outside of Boulder, right? But tell the folks where you got started in CrossFit and when, because I feel like that really sets the the tone for the the conversation moving forward. Where was upstate New York? So not. Are you guys on the east coast or west coast of Canada? We're north of Toronto. Our north of Toronto. Okay. So not that's actually I did my love my first level one in in Toronto across the Toronto. So upstate New York, like you had mentioned, and so I understand the weather that you guys are probably dealing with right now. And 2007 is when I opened my first affiliate. So I found CrossFit in 2006. And at the time, you couldn't just go to a local affiliate. You couldn't just, you know, learn from someone. You you learned by looking at the website. You learned from going to CrossFit.com. And I don't know if any of you have done your level one, but currently, or maybe prior to the the pandemic that's happening, they were having a dozen every weekend all over the world. And at the time, there was one some weekends and. Toronto was the closest one to me, and I made the trek up to Toronto in 2007 and then opened my affiliate in the fall of that year. Now, when you say opened your affiliate, I'm sure most folks here are imagining, you know, a space similar to what ours looks like, a big open box, lots of pull-up rigs, rings hanging everywhere, assault bikes, rowers. Tell the folks how you got started and paint the picture for what CrossFit truly was like in 2007 and how spoiled we are now. Okay. I'll give a little bit of a, a backstory. So I graduated college in 2000 in upstate New York, a, a state school in New York called university at Albany. And I did not want to get a real job. All my friends left school and it was like the boom. They were making all this money. And I was a personal trainer. I was making like $8 an hour. But I was like, I'm, I'm at Gold's Gym. I work at Gold's Gym. This is great. And I was getting ready to leave the fitness world in 2006. I got a master's in educational psychology. I was like, okay, this is enough. I'm, you know, living in the basement of some apartment. You know, I can't, a really, really fancy date night with Subway. Like I'd be like, honey, we're going to Subway. You can get anything you want. Like that was like Not a big deal. <laughs> that was a big deal. And I was ready to leave. I, like I said, I just finished my master's. I was going to be a teacher or something. And I found CrossFit and I was a personal trainer at this time at a gym called the court club, which is, it was like an, a Nautilus room with the most outdated Nautilus equipment. You, if you remember your Globo gym, there'd always be like one piece of equipment that had a rip in it. Like this, the leg, Every piece of equipment had multiple rips in it. You know, it was the most outdated stuff, but I was a trainer in there and there were 18 racquetball courts. And at least in the States, racquetball is not growing. Racquetball is a, is a dying sport. Teenage boys and girls do not grow up and ask their parents for racquetballs and rackets. Although it's a, it's a, it's a fun sport. So I had a client that was a real estate agent and, and I remember asking, I said, Barry, I found this CrossFit thing. I want to, I want to open one. And he was like, no, he was like, you know, you can't open one. He's like, but what you can do is ask the owner of this building, if you can rent one of those courts. 
And I said, that's a smart idea. So I you know, approached the owner. I said, I found this new thing, CrossFit. You've seen me doing it in the Nautilus room. Can I rent just one court? And, and he agreed to that. Uh, a handshake deal. You know, we didn't have a long-term rental agreement, but I had, have you guys seen a racquetball court? All cement walls, like dark. There's no windows. So uh, a handful of the courts have windows, but the one he let me rent was like the one where you had to, I'm five foot three and I'd like duck in the door. So you can imagine taking the old school squat stands, you know, before there were rigs, there's like these Christian's fitness factory on eBay for like $120. You'd buy these cheap squat stands and you had to like Tetris them into the room. Um, so yeah, that's where I started 800 square feet with no flooring. We destroyed the floor there and you know, a rig that I, I wouldn't call it a rig. I, I'm, I'm not a handy person. And we had like pipe coming out of the wall and it would fall out of the wall as people were getting onto the pull-up space. So it's, it's, it's not the fancy CrossFit affiliate you guys are accustomed to where it wasn't. Yeah. And I mean, there wasn't rogue then, right? You don't just go onto rogue and go into the Zeus builder and build your dream gym and they just ship it to you. You had to, you had to hand make almost any, what was your, the, your favorite piece of equipment that you had to make? Well, we, we went through everything. Slam balls were, you know, one of the, like I said, I'm not handy. So I had, luckily I had friends that were, but the problem, I don't think I've told this story often. So we wanted to do muscle ups and you know, with Rogue, I'm not sure exactly what you have, but there's, they call them trawlers. So the, the rings come off of those or, you know, just high enough spots on the rig. And because we were in a racquetball court, there's 20 feet ceil foot ceilings. So we couldn't go to there and it was a drop ceiling. So we, we couldn't use it. So I hired on like Craigslist, a welder to make me basically a really tall standalone pull-up. Almost like a swing set in a way. But it was individual. There's videos of it, I'm sure on YouTube, because I remember it's where I was doing my muscle up. So, but anyway, he, he welds me in this thing. I totally forgot. And then like I was telling you, he brings it and I was like, we can't fit that into the, like, how are we going to get that in? So, we didn't. And then he, so he actually had to take it back cut it and build like this thing so it can you know you took part of it off and put it back in so right. i've told this story numerous times it's become a joke but i was rogue fitnesses i think second or third order ever that's cool and, and then now i mean so you know being fortunate enough to coach or teach at the level one and level twos every weekend you know pre-covid um now you get to see gyms of all different shapes, sizes, kind of how are, how much are gyms different, but then how much are they the same? They're very different. There are shiny CrossFit affiliates out there, you know, with the newest of technology and everything stays. I mean, part of it, not only were we getting handmade pieces of equipment, but we also kept it very dirty. You know, I had multiple dogs coming in and out, chalk everywhere. You know, we were the last racquetball court down the hallway. So if the door opened, you know, leaves would blow in, you know, on a, on a fall day in, in Albany. 
but I think there's still some old school ones. And I think the ones that do it best have that nice blend of, yes, this is very fancy equipment, but we still keep it old school. And I think the old school may not be what you see, but is more so the, the vibe that you get when you walk in the friendliness, the community, the whiteboard, the high fives, you know, so you can have, you can have a shiny box that doesn't have any of that, but you can also have a, a, a grungy box that is the, you know, the best at that. The kind of intangibles. So then, you know, as we go on this little journey, I feel like it's, what was that, that show? Uh, this is your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My old coaches aren't going to pop on here. Are they? <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but same thing, you know, you have a connection with the CrossFit games and, and being a, a judge at those multiple times. And we'll, we'll get to talk about that, but also, um, basically what starting regionals in the east is that your is that what you've you've claimed and hung your hat on well the first games was in 2007 and there was no other competition so one of the original members her name was Susie, like a 60 year old woman who just you know got so involved in in the box because it changed her life was like let's run one of these competitions so in i think around may 2008 we ran the first ever competition in the parking lot that wasn't the CrossFit Games. And we basically mimicked the CrossFit Games. We, we hired out a 5K group that came in, they marked it, you know, the local, the local park. With, and we opened it up to a lot of people because we wanted to recoup our, our money, you know, for that. So we had a 5K, we had a CrossFit total where I brought in a local powerlifting gym to do all of the, the judge. If you Google Albany CrossFit, and you know all this stuff it'll 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 come up somewhere on youtube and and then lastly we did so the original crossfit games had a hopper event so the event that they've used multiple times now the original variation was a 1k row and then 20 pull-ups and seven jerks at 135. so they repeated that a few years ago they called it 2007 and then they i think this year they did a harder version of it if i'm yeah, I believe if, I, if I'm right on what day two, I think. Yeah, so we didn't have outdoor pull-up space, so I had to come up with a workout that was basically all barbell. So we think we did a one k row and then five rounds of like sumo deadlift, high pull, burpees, and thrusters, and it was a twenty minute cap, and zero people finished it under the twenty minute cap. So I did not program that well, but it was, you know, we were we were limited with what we could do. And let me think. So there was a couple names that went on to be, you know, relatively successful. Uh, uh, Tanya Wagner, who won the games a couple years later, she competed there. Uh, Heather Bergeron. Uh, oh, she wasn't Heather. She wasn't Bergeron at the time, but uh, Ben's wife and quite a few other people that, you know, had a pretty good competitive, competitive go. Hey, someone you guys may know, being Canadian, OPT was signed up to do it, but he pulled out with some sort of uh, injury. But he was signed up originally. We were we were talking like OG people, OG Canadians with Paul Tremblay last week. But yeah, for those who don't know, OPT was he? He was the original winner in two thousand seven, I believe, out of Calgary. He won the, yeah, yeah, James Fitzgerald. Um, an absolute legend. And I think he went on to start OPEX or is that his brother Mike did that? But 
I think they're they're both involved. One of my favorite videos, I think I posted in our coaches group not too long ago, yeah. is OPT doing Helen, mostly because I like the music. <laughs> yeah, he did. So this guy, uh, and then remember, this is again like very bootstrap stuff. And so Mike Fitzgerald did Helen in seven, just over seven minutes. And for most well, folks, that would take the running part. It would just take us that long to finish the running. Well, it's three four hundred meter runs. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that would be at least yeah. six minutes of my seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so then, you know, it, it there, cause remember in this time, CrossFit was started in Santa Cruz, you know, as far left on the map as you can get. And you guys started this wave on, on the right coast. And it's kind of cool. Like to think about how full circle things have come. Now we're going back to online back to message boards, sharing our scores on either Sugarwad, Facebook or something. But, you know, for those, before we move on, talk about what CrossFit was. It was a message board and um, like Chris Spieler was just this legend that you saw every now and then. Yeah, there was a old school forum. I don't know if you can even still find it, but back then, and it was pre-social media. I mean, maybe I had a MySpace. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it was pre-Facebook where there were groups or you would see people. And the very first, my very first coach, I met on the coach as in someone that worked for my box. I met on the forum and he lived, you know, in a town called Clifton Park, which was like 20 minutes away. And he came, you know, I should say I kind of transitioned from training to boot camp classes where I started uh, bringing in CrossFit methodology, but didn't have all the equipment. And he started coming to that because it was the only, the only thing in the area that, that he can get that, that had other people doing the same thing. But yeah, you would talk about that. I remember at my level one in Toronto that I took, there had been this competition between a guy named John Gilson, who opened again faster. And then another Canadian, his name was Anthony Bainbridge. I haven't heard of him in a while, but he was like the guy, huge Jack dude from Canada. And they, I think he was on the, the West side of Canada and they were having like this virtual competition. And then the loser had to wear a dress at the level one. They were both working there. So John Gilson had to do a workout in a dress, but it was all through the forum. You know, you would just meet people. That's where you would, you know, how did, how did you make that slam ball? How did you, you know, what did you use for your pull-up bar? And, and it was great at the time, a guy named Jerry Hill, who went on to be a pretty good master's athlete. You know, I remember him just randomly reaching out to me because his sister lived in New York. So he was like, hey, you know, here's some things that I did when he opened his affiliate. Um, I think it was CrossFit Old Town. That's cool. And then... Um you get into that, you get interwoven into the, uh, the CrossFit HQ world. And then eventually you, at what point, what was the first year you got to judge at the games? So I didn't judge at the games for a few years because as we were saying, I, I ran that competition and then Dave Castro reached out and said, Hey, we're going to do this kind of sectional thing. And because I had experience, we want you to run the Northeast. So for a handful of years, that was my focus. And then I would go to the games and help out for more of a logistical behind the scenes area. And then once they got rid of regionals, they they still gave me the opportunity to 
participated the games, but in a judging uh, format. So I think I did one or two years in California and then all of however many years I've been in met two years in Madison now. So maybe four or five years of judging. Do you have a favorite event that you've judged? I can tell you events I had don't like judging. I didn't like judging. Um, the rope climb snatch one from two years ago, I think, where they had everybody. I judged the guy first that won cut. in India. What's yeah. that? First cut, yeah. The first cut, yeah. I judged the fittest in India. So he comes back from the 400. He does one legless rope climb, comes down, immediately goes into his second legless rope climb. I was like, this guy's either really fit or this is a big mistake. And he goes for the third one. And he just spent the next like 19 minutes yelling at his forearms. But the, the reason it was unenjoyable is because we're on that turf and we had to take a knee and it was the most uncomfortable position to sit in. You know, everybody I'm watching my buddies, like get up, go judge the snatch, come back. And I'm just sitting there kneeling, watching this dude stare at a rope. So that was, that was not so enjoyable. And then another one that I did not enjoy. Remember the bike, the, what they call it, the crit? Yeah, the criterium when everyone yeah. got hurt. Or, yeah. That's why it was easy to judge, but me and I think I was partnered with a guy named Drake from Germany. We were at this spot where people just kept wiping out. And it was like really hard to even watch the people come towards you because you were just like, which one's going to wipe out? And that one, I think her name, I think Bethany went, like she was just road rushed. And it was like cringy. Cause you just like, didn't want to look at it. So that was another one I did not enjoy. Oh, and then lastly, an enjoyable one. I'll give you an enjoyable one. I don't remember what year, but what's the, they called it like, not the Vitruvian man, I want to say, but they called it, uh, one of the number, it was like the, Oh yeah. Was it, it wasn't the triangle where everything was triangular numbers. It wasn't that one. Yeah. It was something like that, but it had like a weird name to it. Yeah. And hey, what the what was in it I might remember. It was a hand deficit handstand push-ups, kettlebell deadlifts, and then an overhead lunge to finish. Oh, is that it was the finals workout, right? It was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Fibonacci. Fibonacci. Fibonacci final. There we go. Yeah. We so the first year they did that, the finals, I was judging Kara beside Tia with my buddy Greg, who was judging Tia, and if you watch the beginning of the movie that they made that year, it's the four of us, you know, before even the name of the movie comes on, because it came down to like the final handful of steps. It was that close of a race between the females. And it was just so people think judging is it's stressful. And you like, I'm the like, I like to sit in the back of, of a lot of things and just have fun and not be in the forefront. And you're not supposed to judge the same person twice throughout the games as you should avoid it as best you can. So we're getting ready for the final heat. And I don't pay a whole lot of attention to the competition aspect of, of CrossFit period. But even at the games, I'm like, not really paying attention. I'm just do my heat, get out. You know, it's my time to socialize, see my friend. So I forget who I had. And I was like, Hey, I've had this person. Can somebody switch? And, Joe DeGaine from Michigan. He's like, here. And I was like, Cara, cool. How's she doing? Oh, she's like in second place, like in the middle. I was like, no. And it, 
it came down to like the last step. Tia got no rep, but she's, I think Cara won, but Tia won the overall event and it's deafening. It is so loud being there. That, yeah. So for folks who don't know the event we're talking about, it was the fight you finished with double kettlebell overhead walking lunges. And it's essentially a foot race and it gets down to like, you can reach the finish line and, and uh, Tia breaks and comes down. Barely, barely. Yeah. yeah. There was, there was a moment, Greg was my, was at my level one back way back when. And, but there was a moment where they kind of locked eyes and he's like, no rap. And I can only, and then I can only imagine at that point you couldn't hear or think or do anything. You just, yeah, you're just staring, watching, and you're hoping that they do well because you don't want, A, you don't want to know rep. I don't even want to have to think about it. Just lunge. Just keep those things overhead and lunge. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so we'll, we'll shift gears a little and start. I want, there's a few other things I want to get to. And again, folks, if you guys have questions, by all means, pop them in. Um, CrossFit games, it's, it's probably from an outsider perspective, pretty fun, um, or, or seems kind of easy, but it can be long days. Right. And then, but you are also surrounded by a bunch of people that fitness is important. So what are some strategies you've done to stay at least focused on your fitness during those kind of long days when you feel like there are a thousand reasons to not work out on those days? Well, it's funny because I, I think the CrossFit games from a judging perspective, it's like an experiment. So I'm always like, okay, here's what they're going to do. They're going to sleep deprive you. They're going to not allow you to fitness. And then they're going to feed you as many peanut M&Ms as you can eat and just see what happens. So like a behind the scenes peek is everybody has a meltdown. Everyone melts down. So my goal is like, there's, I don't want to use any names during this. So I got to be careful about that. So I always have like one or two buddies that we go into this and we're like, let's not be the one that has a meltdown, which we've never been successfully. And we're like, let's hold each other accountable. So we always, we always find time. We always work out typically ahead of time, regardless of the wake up call. And if not, certainly you get those breaks and you take a break there. And then one thing that I do during those, those days is intermittent fast. Cause then it's very black and white. Like I can't eat those. Once you, you guys, you, all of you are probably aware. Once you take a handful of M&Ms, you're done. Yeah. You're done. Like so chair. yeah, you just have to not do it. You do, you know, and you just fast all day or till your day ends and then you eat a healthy dinner. But you know, the key is if you, if you get your workout in, even if you're tired, you're, you're going to feel better throughout the day. And then I don't know if any of you have done fasting, but it's, it's not as hard as, as, people may think it is and you feel better than if you eat that because these are people that typically wouldn't eat all of this sugar so they're just spiking come and you you guys know when you're tired you're like i'm tired and you go to eat more you want something that makes you feel good too it's like a peanut m&m will make me feel really dang good for about two minutes <laughs> yeah and and then you know as the week or weekend wears on you could just see it's like people we like to, it's like people are breaking, you know, they, they start to just lose it mentally. And Boz, who runs us in the back, he's in charge. You know, you could see his patience starting to wane as, as the weekend goes on. And I'm always like, there is nothing that will happen that will require me to ask a question. 
So you always see, hey, Baza finished talking and like eight hands will go up. I'm like, he's either said it or you don't need to know it. It's funny, and, like, what is the saying? Our needs differ by degree and not by kind. It, you know, is, is CrossFit just one big scaled up thing? Is, is Boz just essentially doing one big whiteboard brief and then there's the one guy not paying attention? And, and you know, it's, it's, I don't think it's ever, you know, these are all highly trained, you know, trainers, coaches. I don't think it's that they're not paying attention. I think when you're typically the box owner or a type A person, you think you need to know everything that, that's involved. You know, like, it'll be like, hey, we're doing this workout and somebody be like, where's the chalk bucket going to be like, you don't need to know that you need to know what a good rep is and what you know, and it, it's always amusing to watch that because I was like, if I don't know it going out there, like, I'll figure it out. But it's it's interesting to watch people's minds. But like I said, I think it's just because it's all a big experiment. A couple of years ago, we went to the ranch. If you know, so literally, the meeting ends at 10. They're like, wake up, call at two. That's like on Wednesday. And we have six more days of judging. And like, and then not to mention, we got held up at the airport. We couldn't get back. So I was like, it, it's, a, it's, you know, I think Dave does conduct these little like, hey, I was in the SEALs. You guys can handle this. Yeah, it's all about making uh, people uncomfortable. And that's a good, I, I asked Paul this and I, I want to ask you is, What's something about Dave Castro that might surprise people? That he really cares about people. So another game story. There was a his hand stamp. It was old on the, on the tennis stadium. It was before I was judging. It was helping out with the logistics. It was a hand stamp push-up. I think it might have been the peg. But there might have been a pegboard. So anyway... I was in charge of getting all of the equipment onto the floor. And originally they wanted these like flip, you know, like when you play like high school soccer, they'll flip a thing and it'll give you the score. Oh yeah. Like you scored a goal. Like in volleyball in that. Yeah. Wrestling. Like that's how they would do the points. So they didn't make it onto the floor for whatever reason. I don't remember. And it was my fault. So he's standing, we're like in front of the front row, standing there watching the event. And he's yelling at me, like really chewing me out. And I'm like, all right. And one thing I've learned about Dave, it's like, you don't question it. You don't talk back. Like he's stressed. Okay. They'll get out there. So the second heat, I have my team, like eight of them come out, however many we needed. And then he's watching it and you could just see, he's like shaking his head. Cause it's so, it's such a cluster. They were doing handstand pushups. There was those ballistic blocks. That's how they were doing the deficit. And he looks at me, he's like, Ackerman, get those things off the floor. <laughs> I was like, okay. And I ran out and I was like, we got to get those off this heat. And then the next day, this was the end of the CrossFit games. The next day I woke up and I had an email and he was like, thanks for handling that so well. And I was like, I hadn't, I got yelled at. I didn't even remember, but he remembered that, you know, so he comes off kind of, you know, potentially arrogant or, you know, it's a, you know, somewhat of a persona, but at the end of the day, he, he cares. And the guy knows how to program fitness, he knows a thing or two. Yeah. Maybe not whether or not there should be a, you know, score flipper on the floor, but it's just, you know, it's one of those things. It's like class. Like you said, it's like one big macro. Sometimes you program something, you're like, this is going to work well. And you don't realize, oh, there's too many boxes and bars. And until you actually see it live, you don't know any better. 
but that you know that, that that was definitely something I've learned from him over the years. Like when you have a someone telling you what to do, just just do it. And I've seen people question him, and he's like, "Go, you are no longer needed." Yeah, and like like all things, right? You know the the reason why the CrossFit Games is, has been a success and grown so quickly is because of how he runs it, and it needs to have that military like precision because there's no time for emotion. It's just it's just get it done and we'll worry about it later. It's kind of that same battle mentality. Exactly. So, so we're, we're coming up on time and I want to shift gears completely because I think this will um, interest a lot of folks. So you, and actually, so you have a nutrition coaching business on your eating Heather, who's on the call. She's three quarters of the way through, or did she finish? She hopefully finish soon. Uh, the own your eating certificate. Um, so we can start getting into nutrition, but I want to just, cause you've been working with the carnivore diet for, for quite a bit now. And for those who don't know, it, maybe just give a little brief overview of what it is and maybe some of the benefits you've noticed from it. Well, it's really simple. If it's meat, you can eat it. If it's not, you can't. So it's simple in execution. Um, so January is world carnivore month. And I learned that last year. So 2020, I heard about it. I, I listened to or, Joe Rogan podcast and a few other Mark Bell, um, a few other people, this guy, Dr. Paul Saladino, who wrote a book on carnivore. And from January of last year, I was, it was on my mind and it was, you know, sitting right in this exact spot in the kitchen. And I was having bacon and eggs in July and I was talking to my wife and I said, you know, I'm going to do that one day. Like, let's get through the food in the house. Like the typical, like we've got other, we got peanut butter. I can't start this until the peanut butter is gone. And she looked at me, she's like, stop making excuses and just start. I was like, damn it. She's right. Like the peanut butter is not going to go bad. And I said, I'll do seven days. And then I posted it as most people, you know, I'm doing something insignificant, so I'm going to post about it on social media. And anybody that had done it was like seven days is not enough. You have to give it 30. You have to give it 90. I was like, well, let me see how I feel. And seven days in, I've, like they said, no change. 30 days in, started to feel a little bit different. I mean, I had gone, we, we moved to this area, joined the box, and then now that I coach at, and the first few weeks was like, tortured i hadn't been doing crossfit as much because we were going through the, the it was closed right so i was doing like everyone else working on my extra bedroom or more peloton than anything and so it was like not only have i not been doing this now i'm doing this and trying to rely on a different fuel source and everyone that said that to me was absolutely right it took about 90 days and i felt and still continue to it's almost you know seven months later never deviated I feel amazing. I love it. Now, this is this is where you as a nutrition coach would probably this this happens all the time. Someone hears Jay Ackerman felt amazing on the carnivore. I'm going to go tomorrow morning and I'm going to start carnivore. What uh but you know it's like it's like it depends in the sense that it's the best diet is the one that works for you and that you can stay consistent with it. Um how have you been able to stay consistent in it? And then 
Um, what have you seen throughout the years in terms of just people maybe getting caught by those fads and, and how you can kind of just find a North star and stay with it? Yes. Yeah, so I think there's a few questions. Let me try to answer most of them. Um, I, 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 I tend to live black and white. I, you know, I don't think I have, I definitely don't have an addictive personality, but I, I like when things are black and white. And I also like when things are somewhat challenging that the a normal ordinary person would not want to do it. So I think that was part of it. Like I grew up wrestling and I like that mentality, you know, so obviously I have my food issues because growing up wrestling, I don't know if any of you wrestled, but you know, your, your high school earth science teacher basically gives you an eating disorder and then sends you on out to fight, you know, other your peers. Um, no, Roz is not, Roz is pregnant. She's not, she's not doing the carnivore diet. Um, so is that, I think that, like I said, it's simple. I, I like that. You know, I love macros, you know, too, Heather. And the simple part of that to me was always, Hey, hit your numbers. It's black and white. So it's like, I did, or I didn't. And, and I like this where it's like, is it like, I imagine a flow chart. Like, is it meat? Yes. Eat it. No, don't eat it. And I, and I can live that way. I mean, Roz, she's eight and change months pregnant. She has crumble cookies. I don't know if you guys have crumble cookies in the or in the uh, in Canada, but they're basically the most delicious things. I was doing them every weekend for my cheat night, you know. And so, do I want them? Yes, but it's nice to have that black and white. And we, you know, we had Nicola Coin on the the coaches group earlier today, and we were talking about it. And I was saying, you know, one of the things I learned is how much my body was allergic to certain foods, cheese specifically. And I'm afraid at this point, what would happen if I ate something like that? Like, not like I'm going to die, but I'm either going to like get a rash or just my, my stomach would feel terrible. So at this point it's become pretty easy because I'm just like, I don't want to, I don't want to risk what that would feel like, but you know, it took about 30 to 45 days at the box. And then all of a sudden, amazing. Like, I feel like I have energy for days. Um, I feel great. My body's not sore. I'm sleeping better than ever. So those, those are, I mean, and I have no, uh, I do not make any money if you decide to do the carnivore diet, but I, I just really enjoy it. And I don't, I think it's one of those diets too, where same with macros. I think, I think any diet you can, you can eat a normal life or live a normal life. People like to think, well, what about when real life happens? Like you can track your macros or you can, you know, not be, an idiot when you go to a party and you know it, same same with carnivore we've obviously not eaten out often but when i have i think twice in the last you know year I, you know i've had chicken wings so yeah. I, I like that aspect of it well and and you know i think you touched on on two main things there was and uh, yes heather i still track yeah, what's how many days in a row have you tracked for on, on my fitness? Like, too many to break the streak. Really, I, you know, I track, but I don't need to. Like, that's another thing I, I love about it, you know, that I don't ever feel like I need to be tracking. I do it more so out of habit. But again, it, it's it's helped me kind of understand, am I hungry or do I just want to snack? You know, it turns out you don't just snack when there's only chicken in the house. You know, but but it, or only chicken that you can eat. But you would, but you would grab cookies. So it's 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 opened my eyes to that. I feel 
a little less stress in that. But, but like Matt said, I think there's a lot more to be, I think before somebody did that, they should have an idea of, of macros and, and how much food they're eating on a regular basis and how their body handles, you know, protein, carbs, and fats. Well, and, and I think you hit on two kind of really big things. One was that like you just kept repeating about how good it made you feel. You sleep well, you feel good, you know, and, and then there's just that there's what's the saying you guys coined for on your eating is don't eat like an asshole. Like, you know, that's that's a pretty simple statement that carries with it a lot of weight. And then just realizing there's so many foods that we feel like we need to have because it's nice. Like I just, I, I gotta have my cheese every day, but not realizing that you might actually have some sort of insensitivity or it's causing you more grief than you think. Oh, you know, and I, I started it and I think I was, I had some cheese and then probably in, in probably closer to three months ago, it's in the ca cabin over here. She brought home these like parm crisps from, do you guys have Costco? Yes. In, uh, kind of, so she brought on these parm crisps and I overdid it in my stomach. Like I thought I had COVID because I was like, I'm so sick. Something's wrong with me, you know, but it was just my stomach was that messed up. And, you know, Roz, who's taking a, a really big credential course right now, you know, and smarter than me about nutrition. She's like, it was the cheese dummy. Like, and I was like, yeah, you're probably right. So I cut out cheese within a day, my stomach felt better. And then here's something else, you know, I'll give you a TMI thing. So I have a beard, right. And it would be like when I would brush it, like dandruff would be coming. It was gross. Like dandruff would come out of it. And I would, I would shave because I needed to put like lotion on my face. And since cutting out cheese, I've had no issues. So you don't realize you know, it's like a drug. You're like, okay, just a little bit, but you don't realize how, what, what that impact is. And for, I was like, not to downplay, like my stomach was so messed up. I remember one workout, like I had to stop because I was like, it's in, I was in pain and like, I'd be laying on the couch and from the day I stopped and the, you know, we still have those crisps over there and there's some cheddar cheese in there, but I have no desire to, to have any. Well, and again, you have to be that? willing to, but you have to be willing to test it. And, you know, I work with a lot of clients, both in the box and nutrition. And I think, yeah, so no dairy, Carolyn, zero. I wasn't really having, that was the other thing. We got some raw milk from like a local, well, what do they call those things when like a whole bunch of stands come together? It was farmer's a market. Uh, farmer's market. Yeah. So they gave us this raw milk. And that was another one. I tried that and like behind my ears got all dry. And I, I used to get it in Florida and I was like, it must be the humidity, but then I still had it here. So it's like, I don't want to be flaky. Like it was embarrassing. Like I have flakes coming out of my beard. Um, so, you know, we work with a lot of clients and we talk about values and health is my number one value, meaning Nothing else really matters if I don't take care of myself from a health perspective, exercise, eat right, and, and other things, rest, recover, vitamin D, go for a walk. Um, and so many people will claim health is one of their top values, if not the top, but then eat foods that clearly don't align with that. 
So by doing those values on an annual basis, you know, I just did it, of course, at the beginning of this year, as everyone does. And it was just a reminder, you know, how can I claim that health is my number one value when I'm eating cookies? Not that cookies are always bad for you, but I'm talking people that, you know, eat in abundance or just nonstop, you know, eating foods that aren't in alignment with, with health. Well, we just, we just um, finished up the lazy macros challenge for the month of December. And it was a real eye opener for a lot of folks, not necessarily about what maybe the stuff they're eating, but even the biggest thing was the stuff they're not eating when realizing how much protein you actually need. And you need that every day. It's not like, oh, just on Wednesdays, I got to hit my protein goals. It's like, nope, got to redo it again the next day and the next day. And you can leave stuff on the table if you don't. Yeah, and, and a hundred. I mean, ninety percent of the people when we first talk to them about nutrition, they're not eating enough protein. That's um, either they're not eating enough protein, and they're often not eating enough, except for the weekends when they eat plenty. So many people are, you know, the weekend warriors of nutrition. You know, in reverse, they do well five days a week, and then on the weekends they go off the rails. But you know, I want to make clear it's okay if health isn't your number one priority or number two, or even number five, just don't pretend like it is, you know, and I've had that conversation with people. I'm like, maybe health just isn't that important to you. And that's okay. Like if you're going to eat like this, just be honest with me and yourself. Like, Hey, you, the freedom in your life to eat whatever you want is more important. That's cool. But let's stop pretending. So, you know, that's why, you know, I think to answer your question, it's like, this works for me because it's never a question, you know, and then by doing those values, it's like, you know, I love what I do and working with coaches, but given the choice to do work or work out, it's going to be workout. Not always, but you know, at some point you have to go to work, but it makes it easier to say, okay, which should I pick health? Which should I pick, you know, family or whatever your values are. No, absolutely. And I think that's a great opportunity to cap it. I think no one realized how fast that that time flew. Folks may not realize Jay is in Boulder, Colorado, so he's two hours behind. It's dinner time and he's got a pregnant wife who is probably needing some dinner time. So it's the dogs more than anything. I don't know if you can hear them. They're whining. This is one the of the dogs is on carnivore. He's he eats raw food. Does he? Yeah, a little rocky. There you go. Yeah. Was he a Boston Terrier or Bull Terrier? I always mix them French up. French Bulldog. French Bulldog. That one. I was in there somewhere. Well, uh, Jay, thank you so much for doing this. I think I can speak on behalf of everyone to, to say thank you and what a, what a blast this was. We truly appreciate your time. If you guys want to say thank you or anything or pop in the chat, you can. And uh, yeah, thanks, Jay. And, and everyone get your rest and we're back at it tomorrow. Right. Before you stop recording, yeah. I have one thing. Of, of so I think, you know, it's Thanks, Crystal. I think it's important too for you guys to realize, you know, there's 15,000 CrossFit affiliates out there. And most of you have probably never been to a second one. I don't even know how you say it. Is it Aurelia? Yeah, Aurelia. What is that? Is that Canadian uh, or something? It might be. We, Katie is, oh, I thought Katie was leaning in chat. I don't know the etymology behind Aurelia. If there's a Simcoe, we're it's on like Simcoe. There's a there's a lot of native heritage in the area, so. Well, anyway, if you guys have never been to another affiliate, and I think this is something most boxes and and the members of the box don't realize is you know not everyone cares as much as the owner of your box. That's Matt, 
You know, you only go to your box and you're like, oh, every box is like this. That's not true. There's just like anything else you guys do in life. There's a good Chipotle. And then there's the one that, you know, gives you that small scoop of beef or chicken, whatever you're eating. So, you know, it's, it's important. I think that you guys realize, you know, Matt's a level three coach or is a still trainer actually at level three? Yeah. Still still trainer. trainer. Yeah. Yeah. But he's, you know, I think what's the percentage, maybe less than 1% of all CrossFit trainers ever attain that. So, you know, he didn't need to, you guys were probably, I'm sure your membership didn't go up because Matt attained his level three, but Hey, maybe that's a good idea, Matt. Uh, maybe, maybe once the doors open again and, but it's important for you guys to know, you know, and Matt's always been a part of every group that I've offered for coaches development. You know, now he helps out quite a bit in the group. So, you know, I think it's important that you just don't know, you know, you know it's one of those things you don't know what you don't know. And I'm sure you guys are pain in his butt quite often. And he, you know, handles it with a smile on his face, even though he wants to be like, uh, this, you know, this guy or girl is driving their text to me. It's five in the morning, you know, you know, yes, I'll have a scaling option for you when you show up. Don't worry. So, so just, I think it's always important for the box owners that are doing it right, doing it well for their community to realize it because if you, yeah, it's, it's fortunate because I'm sure not only CrossFit, CrossFit isn't what changed your life. It's CrossFit Aurelia and Matt that's probably changed your life. You know, CrossFit is free. You guys could be doing it, you know, in the park. That's how it started. But something about you walking into the doors of CrossFit Aurelia and Matt making you feel welcome in the community that he's created, you know, that's what's probably changed your life. Well, thank you very much for saying that. I truly appreciate it. Nice and John, who's what's John? What do you got? A sepia filter on your uh, <laughs> Zoom over there? Black and white. How do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> black light? What are they? Did you say black light? They in college? Black and white. Yeah. It's, oh, it's, they got a lava lamp too. This is in 1972. Just an old computer, man. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, thanks for giving us permission to text Matt at five in the morning. Yes, I we're on it. That. Thank you. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't I'm do up, that. I'm up ahead. <laughs> It's nine at night that I'm like bedtime, folks. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I know I'm on, uh, I'm just going to say that we know that we are very lucky because he uh, sort of transcends the gym. Like there's been lots of stuff going on where he's been involved with communicating with the government to even help non CrossFit gyms. So we're very aware of that. And yeah, certainly lucky. Yeah. Thanks, cool. Matt. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. Hey, you're welcome. You guys get to see me every day. We should be thanking Jay. We've been online since March. <laughs> yeah. We haven't been in the, we've been in the, I've been in the gym once. Yeah. Yeah. This is right, very friend. cliche, very cliche Canada. You got a hockey poster in your living room. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Have a good night. So you never miss an episode of the podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and on all major podcasting platforms at Best Hour of Their Day. Thank you so much for tuning in and for being a part of the best hour of our day. See you next time.